and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one, let's go. For one final time in this legendary studio, this is Tim and Friends for April 10th, 2023. I am Tim McGalf alongside Jesse Rubinoff, who I just believe was either stirring the pot, doing the cabbage patch. Uh, that was a new addition to the Rubinoff Groove Club on yeah. this, the final <laughs> day in this studio. It's like, that's an OG dance move. Is and it an just, OG dance move? You gotta yeah. take it back. All the amazing shows that have, that have happened in this studio, you gotta go back to the OGs. Right, understood. And just do a little bit of this. <laughs> How you feeling, day. you good? Your masters, I like this sweater that you got on. Yeah. I know, just celebrating John Rom. Oh, yeah. Heck of a performance. I know we're going to talk about Big it. Big John Rom guy? Nothing. Yeah. Are uh, you jumping off the Woods bandwagon to the Rom bandwagon immediately? No, or is that, that, just that bandwagon. Room for two. Not the same. Right. Not okay. the same, but okay. I, I deeply respect uh, John Rom. And many other uh, young golfers that are that are making the names for themselves. But I, I'm, I'm okay. I think I'm okay. You think you're okay? I, th I think you so. You need a hug? I'm giving out free hugs today in studio. No, I think I'm To good. those who want them. Because I think it'd be creepy if I was just handing them out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll preamble it with that. Yeah. A little caveat there. Those maybe who want maybe them. Maybe later. Yeah. Maybe later. <laughs> Let me know. Okay. Well. Let me know. All right. I can give you some daps. No, maybe that's more uh, probably yeah. uh, 2023. Air daps? Some daps we and did taps that once. and head we, we did an air dab once. Right. You just you extended yeah, your no, arm that, through the took, camera. I, it was really hard. It was really hard. Yeah. And we ended up kind of sort of looking like goofballs. So I'm not. I'm going to stay away from that. It's like any other day. What I'm saying. As always, if you need me, I'm here. Appreciate you. We got one more show after this, though, right? We know Rogers. Like they said, yeah. you, you can't get rid of us that easy. Oh, hell no. Before I had to work on Sportsnet Central, Jesse and I have one more show to do. That's tomorrow, live from the field at the Rogers Center for the Blue Jays home opener. Note the start time tomorrow, kids. 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 Pacific, as we get you set for the Jays and the Tigers. I've seen the tentative guest list, Jesse. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if we're allowed to divulge this information, but it looks like we are getting a bunch of Jays live on set, some real stars. Yeah, that's like cool. Big name tickets. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Big name tickets. And I don't know if I can divulge this information, but a certain general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays is going to join us. I hope that's not giving away too much. No, running the full gamut, yeah. as it should be. I you think anyone would know who the, the general manager of the Jays would be? I think you can put two and two together, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. there's a few people out maybe? there. All yeah. right. <laughs> uh, and is it true that you're sampling some of the new neighborhoods and some of the delicacies in said neighborhoods that's of the, the Rogers Center? That's the plan. So if you're going down, uh, I think you're gonna see me roaming around the, the concourse area. Come say hello. What time does it, the gates open at 5 p.m. Gate, Eastern time? Gates open time? at 5, we're yeah. on 4 to 6. So once they, uh, once they come running on in, Jesse Rubinoff may be uh, in and amongst his people. Come talk to me. Yeah. Maybe I'll wear a Tim and Friends hoodie so that people maybe oh, they recognize, recognize me. Oh, they, rec <laughs> they recognize that handsome face. No, they recognize that full the Tim and Friends hair brand. It's about anywhere. the brand. It's about the brand. It's not about us. <laughs> I don't know. It's about the brand. I don't know. I, I've seen you walk the streets. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? All right. All right yeah, uh, if that weren't enough for our final two shows, we are jam-packed with news from the Masters, the end of the Raptors regular season, and a night on Rogers Monday Night Hockey that is chock full of gluten-free goodness. Three games, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Leafs and Pan... Matthew Nyes will make his Toronto debut. Leafs, Panthers, Florida. 
fighting for a wild card spot. Canes and Sens from Ottawa and the Jets with an absolutely huge game at home to the Sharks. And depending on how that game goes, Jesse, we could have an old school elimination match in Calgary as the Preds and Flames lock horns. That's 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 local, available across the country on Sportsnet 1. So much great sporting fare. Our final two shows, we should be able to just tap it, just tap, tap, tap it in, just like my guy with a yawning cage and a sumptuous ball. Very, very good. If you just soak in the sounds, yeah. they're so good. One more. Matt Taylor, I know I do this to you all the time. It would be the same. Watch the ball. <laughs> service. Great service. Oh, wonderful ball. Wonderful ball, yeah. I called it a sumptuous ball. Oh, yeah. my goodness. That and was fantastic. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and then that's, laughs. That's brutal. Yeah, well, you'd, I'm sure you'd be thrilled to have that, uh, being a keeper. Um, There's no keepers in that game. Okay, yeah, so there you go. Yeah. I'm sure you like... Which is why you had a yawning cage. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that yeah. makes sense. Um, you, you said just tap it in before in the, in the prelude to that video. Mm. Watched Happy Gilmore uh, yesterday before some of the Masters coverage. How the hell did you have time? There was like... Ages incredibly well. Happy Gilmore. It's yeah. so good. It's so funny. I think Sid admitted on this show that he's never watched Happy Gilmore. Yeah, just... Carve out an hour and a half and just do it. Yeah, just get well, it done. We, we made him watch Slapshot once, and yeah. I thought that would be enough that if we said another movie that he would just watch it. I don't think he's watched Happy Gilmore to this day, and I'm with you. A true classic. Oh, so good. You know, Casablanca, Schindler's <laughs> Godfather. List. Godfather. Godfather, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Some of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of all time. Happy Gilmore right there. 100%. Yeah. Yep, right. I agree. Uh, Raptors and Bulls Wednesday. Also in First Things First. Jays tomorrow. Also in first things first, hockey today. Also in first thing, uh, yeah, I think it's time to get to first things first. Jesse, Biggie, everything you're talking about at this hour. Last one in this studio. Last one with the rhyme, maybe. So, Jesse, like you said, let's go for a circle on this bad boy. Wow. Let's do this, Jonas Valanciunas. First things first. I almost took out the mic on that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> there you go. The one, the only, Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to throw any other way to first oh, yeah? things first. Yeah, that, that, that is, is the one. Good, yeah. It that feels like one. it was, It was. what's the word, Larry Bird? We stole it from Ted Lasso, yeah. and then we morphed it into, let's do this, Jonas Valanciunas, mm -hmm. and it kind of feels like the one that was my go-to all the time. Love so, it, love let's it. Go, let's go Thank back. you for that. Uh, let's go to the Toronto Blue Jays here on First Things First. They wrapped up their... 10-game road trip in dramatic fashion. Toronto so we're just going to do a show here? Is that what we're doing? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Toronto <laughs> found themselves in an early 6-0 deficit to the Angels on Sunday before combining the score 10 runs in the 6th and 7th innings. The game would eventually need extras where Kevin Kiermeyer and George Springer delivered to give the Jays a two-run lead, but closing out the game was not easy, Timmy. No. After a bases-loaded walk to Mike Trout, Tim Meza got Shohei Otani to ground out to seal the win. How are you feeling after Sunday's Thriller. Uh, still kind of spinning. I was hosting Easter at my house with the entire family yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those games that was on in the background while trying to prepare for the guests to come over. 
And I had no idea what the bleep was happening, right? Like, you just turn 6 nothing, Kikuchi, ah, oh, damn, this thing's over. Wait a second, is that 10 unanswered from yeah. the Jays? Yeah, that's 10 unanswered from the Jays. Don't worry, Romano will come in, he'll close it. This win probability is holy bleep, he gave it up. It was an unbelievable game. All we had to tweet at the end of it, and we did, was... Holy crap, that was a good game. Yeah. Because it was a good game. That Chapman guy's okay. That Kiermeyer guy. That decent pickup, that Kiermeyer guy. There was a lot of different things that fed into the win. But I'll tell you what, coming back 6-4 after 6-4 and four, after the 10-game roadie to start the year isn't half bad. No, I would say that's great. I yeah. know the, the level of competition wasn't necessarily the best. But you can get behind the eight ball early on a 10-game road trip. It's a rare thing to have a road trip to start the season like this length. And they did well. I think you're seeing things from this team. Last year's team, they won a lot of games. They did a lot of really, really, really good things. They were a good team. But I feel like there's a certain belief in this dugout right now that they are the real deal. Yeah, and I think, you know, like to your point about Listen, these are the longest road trips to start a season in the last 20 years. No one did well, mm-hmm. right? The Red Sox stumbled out of the gate in 2019, three and eight. For the Jays to go six and four to start and then return home for the Tigers, listen, it'll be the Rays after. And yes, getting behind oh the goodness. eight ball early. The Rays are nine and zero. Oh. Like it's unbelievable what every they're doing. year. Oh, it's it's just enough, man. It's just enough. Yeah, like, if you're going to do them? that, just move the team back to Montreal so at least Canadian baseball fans can enjoy it. Let me read what the American League East is doing right now. So, Tampa, yes, 9-0 after an 11-0 win over the A's last night. Matches Major, League's base, Major League Baseball's best start in 20 years. The AL East is now 9-1 against the Central, and they're 7-2 against the West. <laughs> like, 30-16 yeah. overall. But it's ridiculous. I feel like this is something that you're going to have to continually be updating on Sportsnet Central. Oh, you because, think so? Yeah, yeah. Because this is this is not going to go away. I think these teams are they're good. The Red Sox are obviously probably better than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, and the Orioles. I mean, the Jays are too. Yeah. So that's like yeah. who's bad? Like who is bad in this division? I don't want to judge after ten games. Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to. Uh huh. The Jays look like they're better than they were last year. Like, yeah, I don't know if you saw Seattle over the weekend. Teoscar, ball hit to the wall, can't mm-hmm. make the catch, changes the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Jays can win in a multitude of different ways. And if they just get pitching, and listen, Brio scares me. I don't know what Kikuchi mm-hmm. is. Um, but beyond that, they can do it a lot of different ways. And if they just get average pitching from both of those guys, this is a better team. You know, I still think back to that uh, play in, in Kikuchi's last start or that inning where Whit Merrifield had that diving catch and then uh, Dalton Varsho had that play at the plate, that laser. And I just thought, like, this this is what's different because it, it gives you another sort of safety valve. Didn't to, work in his last start. It didn't work in his last start. <laughs> yeah. But it, it gives you just another safety valve that you can sort yes. of pull on when you don't have the pitching that you necessarily need. And obviously, to your point, did not work with Kikuchi. Hasn't worked it yet with Jose Barrios. But it just gives you a little bit more in the sense that maybe you won't be out of games. What if that inning goes sideways for Kikuchi in his first start? And we're now two starts deep with him not having a good showing. Then there's a lot of pressure, a lot of other things going on. But now he salvaged that first start. He did really well. And now you're sort of, hmm, we'll see what happens. It's a little less pressure now for everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, the numbers don't look great, but again, small sample size. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? I can't believe we're going to get... Like, if this, if this continues, 
albeit what I just said. If this continues, like this is going to be the dominant talking point the whole yeah, season. Yeah, because there's no depth either, yeah. right? Like there's no depth in the system just this is to it. bring up some starting pitching. Yeah, this is it. Like they've got a couple guys, but that's about it. You know, we'll be talking. You know, offense and at times, I'm sure it won't always be this good, and there are other things that will happen, but. The pitching is is going to be the four and five spot is going to be the big lightning rod. Yeah, but let's season. just be let's just be fair because the the four and five spot for every team is a. For I, sure. I find no, that sure. baseball is so regional sure. that you have a guy with a five and a half ERA in your fifth spot mm-hmm. and. Blue Jays fans are, are bitching and moaning. Like every team in their five spot has someone with a five and a half no, ERA. No, yeah. it's, a, it's a great point. That's why hopefully you know some of the uh, some of the things that they've done to upgrade the team can alleviate that pressure and then you won't have ERAs in the sixes. Yeah, all said and done though. All tens. said and done. Ten games in. Very good. Yeah, not so bad. Uh, okay. You want to move on to uh, the National Hockey League. It is a busy night sure. in the NHL after an eventful weekend. Among the ten games on the schedule are the Panthers who have a chance to clinch a playoff spot while the Islanders are in action as they try to hang on to the second wildcard spot in the East. And meanwhile, the Jets host the Sharks and the Flames battle the Preds. As you said, Timmy on Scotiabank Monday Night Hockey in a key battle in the West wildcard race. So what are you looking out for in the final week of the regular said, season? I mean, you just said it's the wildcard. It's that West wildcard race that is very interesting, and it'll come to uh, come to a head tonight on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. So listen, the game that starts it all off in the West tonight mm-hmm. is 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 6 local in Winnipeg as the Jets host the Sharks. Now, if the Jets win, it becomes even tougher for both the Flames and the Nashville Predators. But let's be honest here, and I already chuckled, because if you think this is done and dusted, you haven't watched any of these three teams play this year. Mm -hmm. Like, the mark of all three teams that you would see in front of you, or you did see in front of you, was the fact that they are remarkably inconsistent. So this is in no way done and dusted, even if the Jets win tonight. If the Jets win tonight, it's going to be very hard. Obviously, that becomes an elimination match for sure for the Predators and the Flames. And at 81% on moneypuck.com, you know that they are the favorites. But all it takes is one game. And that one game is tonight on, uh, on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. And then we follow it up, Sportsnet 1, Preds and Flames. And obviously, that's an elimination match. For all of the consternation about the playoffs. Consternation, yeah. good word. A lot of consternation about yeah. the playoff situation, obviously, in mm-hmm. the format. Uh, it's pretty good that there's sort of a do-or-die on- But this is the only time that those three-point games mean something, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous the rest of the year. And if anyone wants to poke holes in the Eastern Conference and what the Boston Bruins did this year, they do it with the three-point game, right? Mm-hmm. Do we the three point game is another is that that's another conversation. Did you uh, did you know that and we might get this in these wild card races. This is why I bring it up. If you pull your goalie in three on three overtime mm-hmm. and lose the game to an empty netter, you don't get a point. Did you know that? What? That's true. Yeah. Otherwise, teams would pull their goalie looking for the two points if they were guaranteed the one point, right? Yeah, but you still lose the game. But what if you've already got the one point? Yeah, I guess. But th- that's a rule? That's a rule. Wow. So could we see that's in crazy. one of these games someone needing the two points so bad that they would pull their goalie? Wow. I didn't think about that because I didn't know that was a rule. But that would be amazing. I'm all in favor of that. It's more excitement. Well, of course I'd want that. Wouldn't you? 
Yeah, no, I think we might see it. That would be amazing. Yeah. Someone's doing it in the KHL and they don't have that zero points oh, if you pull be, your goalie. That would be great. Right, and they, they just keep scoring goals and winning games in three-on-three three <laughs> overtime. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great there's so much more room out there. That one extra player makes a huge, huge difference. Four-on-three is so much different than five-on-four. Right. There's way more room. Uh, okay, it's time. Let's talk. Wait, oh, look at this. Yeah, I thought, I thought I was pointing the wrong thing. Yeah, I like this throwback. It's time nice, to talk. Yeah. It's time to take vintage. Uh, not throwback. The kids use vintage now. It's, that's it. I understand. Uh, John Rom is the new Masters champion. Entered Sunday's play four strokes behind Brooks Kepka. Rom fired a. That's what people rip you off. Three under. For buying something used. Go ahead. Exactly. Fired uh, <laughs> a three under 69 in the final round, while Kepka struggled to a three over 75. The result is Rom throwing on the green jacket with a four shot victory. Is John Rahm the new king yeah. of golf? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he had one of the greatest starts that we have ever seen in the history of golf. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that there are guys on the Live Tour, which we just saw, that could compete each and every week on mm-hmm. the PG. There was this, like, myth, this idea that the guys that were on the Live Tour could no longer compete at this level. That's just not true, but Rahm is the best in the world. And the reason why we need to see the live guys crossover. And the reason why the PGA Tour and the European Tour said, no, we don't want you crossing over because we want to eliminate you from the idea of the best of the world. Now, whether or not they need to play more holes and live yeah. may be up to Kepka, but also, like, let's give Rom credit. I know Kepka tripped, fell, stumbled, and knocked a couple teeth out on the way down, but Rom played really well and was full marks and is again the world number one and again probably the best player on planet earth right now is there an argument to be made for anyone else i think the only other person that you could say is is possibly scotty scheffler and just watching um scotty over the weekend too like he was, he was so bad with the putter at one point he was last in the entire field in putting and had that been at least average i think he would have been right there and he made a little bit of a charge uh yesterday but but it, there it's one and two it's one and two for me. They are so supremely talented. Two guys that uh, were champions in college. They were hot shots coming out of college. And so far, they've lived up to the billing. And I just think yesterday, to your point, just underscores how you need to have the live guys in as many events as possible. Because while the official world golf rankings might not reflect that these guys are some of the most talented in the world, the fact remains that they are. They are. You're not kidding anybody by having... Phil Mickelson, 400 and whatever he is in the world, or Brooks Kepka, 150th. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not doing anything for anyone. We want to see the best golfers in the world. And sadly, as it stands right now, you don't get that because they're not allowed to play the regular tour events. I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. Do we have a, a microphone anywhere near Aaron Ekblad right now? Can we ask know. him about Brooks Kepka's <laughs> final round? At the Masters, yeah, has anyone asked him I yet so. about the final round of so. Brooks Kepka at the Masters? I think he's like, moved on to more important things like making the playoffs. Like making the playoffs? Yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess it would be tough to ask him. Where's that pylon down there to start? Anyways, you know what I, I, I noticed yesterday? Um, I just, I just, I watch these guys. Like I, I consume. I'm a consumer of golf content, so I watch like their long press conferences and stuff, and they get peppered with questions nonstop. And for the most part, like. Brooks is 
pretty classy in the way he. And oh he, no, I like Brooks Koepka. Yeah, really, yeah, 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 and like the, the little guys. He was hammered. They, he had a few drinks and yes. he had some fun at a game. Who they, cares? Yeah, they get a really bad rap for for leaving the PGA Tour and make what, what of that what you will. But I do think at the end of the day, like we underestimate how much goes into having to answer all these questions all the time, the media trying to stir it up, and the, the, most of these guys handle themselves with class. So I thought, I thought it was a great week overall, despite all the uh, the weather challenges. Okay, so one more for you, Donovan yeah. Bennett on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply wrote, "Is this the last time we see Tiger?" Jesse Rubinoff as the leader of the Tiger Woods fan club. Leader, in and oh, around, that's so nice. A lot of people on that. Uh, in and around club. these parts yeah, is okay. what the end of the sentence okay. is going to be. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, is is this the last time we see Tiger? No, it's not. Uh, I think there's probably even a chance that he plays at the PGA. Uh, this was a plantar fasciitis, among other things. Obviously, watching him walk around in that weather was awful. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see him struggle. Uh, are his days of, of winning over? I think that's a conversation that, that I think I'd be willing to have. I, I do think we're at that point. Uh, but I don't think he's done playing. Uh, people get mad at me when I interrupt you. So in the last day in the studio, I don't want to interrupt you. No. And we got to get to the Raptors. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to start running into time issues. Yeah, yeah. But let me just ask you this. Like, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods has never been about anything but winning. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to play tournaments knowing is you just kind of sort of acknowledge that his days of winning may be done? Like, that's all this was in the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, he's hurting and he knows he's got no chance. Why is he playing? And I just wonder, like, the same things that make you great are oftentimes what lead to your demise. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I can't imagine Tiger entering tournaments where he knows he can't win. I don't know if he knows he can't win. That would be my only thing. Like, when he's playing by himself and maybe... The video. I know. But he's ripping around on a cart and, at home and he's thinking, okay, I shoot 62 or 63 on my home course... Can't, what if I can just get my body ready to walk four days? Like, I still have it. I still have the swings. I still have the shots. Still have the feels. It's just my body. So I think mentally he thinks he can still win. Physically, he's running out of time, clearly. All right. We'll keep an eye on that, and we'll report from our different positions in Sportsnet over the next few years. Thank you for indulging me with the Tiger <laughs> conversation. Uh, the NBA regular season has come to a close. Toronto finished their season with a win over the Milwaukee Bucks. The Raps finished with a 41-41 and record. Good enough for the ninth seed in the East. That means the Raps will face DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls in the play-in on Wednesday. How are you feeling about the Raptors after 82 games? They are who we thought they were. Nice. I don't know if you could hear Denny Green there, but to quote the great... They are who we thought they were. Denny Green. Like, I I just look at the the weekend against Boston. We'll continue this conversation. Donovan Bennett is coming in studio next. The weekend that we just saw against Boston. Will we look back at that and losing to a Jalen Brown and... Marcus Smart-less team or a Jason Tatum for a quarter and Malcolm Brogdon-less team. Like, if, if we look at this weekend, I wonder if that does not signal the end of this current iteration of the Toronto Raptors because that was as low as it comes. And if mm-hmm. you look at the numbers now, they are 2-7 and seven against teams above them, above the play-in since the deadline. And yeah. one of those wins came against Milwaukee in the final game of the regular season. We'll discuss it coming up with Donovan it. Bennett because it's real interesting to me that this, like, you got to decide now. Are you running it back knowing that number? One in seven with Pirtle against good teams in the That's East? That's crazy. 
some tough decisions to be made. We'll discuss them with Donovan Bennett. That along with, I don't know, Nick Nurse's future. Did you see enough growth in Scotty Barnes? Is Pascal good enough to carry a defending <laughs> team? Was adding at the deadline. It was all still to come with Donovan Bennett. We'll get you set for a busy night in the NHL. Elliot Friedman's going to stop by. And the NBA playoffs with Ramona Shelburne. Yeah, that's right. Still a full show, even, it's, even though it's our last one in this studio. Donovan Bennett will join me one last time. All that and more on the penultimate edition of Tim and Friends. From Barica to the toast of the world, Ron wins the Masters Marathon. Never thought I was going to cry about winning a golf tournament, but I got very close. Still really hasn't sinked in yet. Emotions boiling over here at Target Center. A very important game, regular season finale. We had a scuffle on the Timberwolves bench. Anderson and Rudy Gobert. I'm really shocked that Rudy Gobert went at Kyle like that. That's just something you don't see every day. In as crazy a game as you will see for a long, long time, the Blue Jays beat the Angels 12-11 to to win the series and go home with a winning road trip. For my first opening day up there, I can't wait. I'm gonna give you guys everything I got and uh, it's gonna be a heck of a year. Love the new show, Tim and Friends. I am a friend. And I am a friend. Oh, I love it. Thank you, guys. We are real friends, bro. Live from Turks and Caicos. Are you on a boat, Kenny the Jet Smith? Yes, I am. I'm on a boat. It wasn't the best. I give it three. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be generous. I'll go four. Honored every time that you come oh. on this show. And you said role model off the top. I wrote on my script, you're a great role model, oh. one of the best ever to pull on the boots. Oh, so thank, thank you very you. much, and this door is always open. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, Tim. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go up, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ebony and Ivory, we be running through these streets like it's the 1990s, baby. <laughs> nah, I love you, man. Living I'll talk in to you soon. perfect harmony. <laughs> harmony. Is Donovan a young man? Yes. 30%, no, 70%. <laughs> That's not what you've been looking for. Canada, how dare you? Ah, that's more funny to me than it is to Donovan. Um, I mean, listen, Canada's right now because I now have two children and yeah. I am no longer young. Yeah. Look how smooth that skin was, yeah. how bright that <laughs> smile was. Oh, I, I feel like Tiger Woods this morning. Is how I feel. Friend of the show from time, Donovan Bennett in studio. What, look at the so heavy you've hitters. To, you've come to the you've come to grips with the fact that you are now old. The second child put you officially into not just the young guy anymore. Well, the first child, and everyone at home who has children or multiple children, know this. The, the first child, you can, you can, you can duck and weave. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's some, there's some zone defense. The second child yeah. is just body blow after body blow after body blow. You gotta go man to man. Man to man. Yeah, I, although I, I love both children equally. <laughs> no, not true. Um, but yeah, I, but I, you, you and uh, many of the. the Tim and Friends is in. Did we ever settle on a name for them? Friends of the show. Friends of the show, thank yeah. you. Uh, have sent me some meditation apps, so hopefully that will help. <laughs> yes. But I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I was here for one of the inaugural, uh, and I'm here for the second last well, you've been journey. Like, you've been through like the entire journey, the podcast, the radio show. 
uh, Tim and Sid on TV and then whatever the hell this bad boy's been for the last two years. You've been through all of it. Which yeah, is why you can't be a young guy anymore. And I'm hoping that some of the uncut episodes just find their way off the internet. <laughs> because <laughs> they might come back to haunt me if yeah. I need to seek future employment. Right. But uh, it's always been uh, fun, a pleasure, and for me, a uh, great opportunity to connect with all of you uh, and get some fun reps. Um, so let's let's talk about the Raptors before we let you go, because Ramona oh, Shelburne is going to join us next. And on a high note, shall it, we? It, it feels like this is a very key time when it comes to the Toronto Raptors, and whatever the hell happens the rest of the week is obviously going to play a factor. But as we went to break, I was saying to Jesse, like, I wonder if we don't look back at that back-to-back -back Wednesday, Friday in Boston as the beginning or, or the official end of an era in Toronto Raptors basketball because losing the way that they did in those two games to that team was kind of sort of embarrassing. It was, but I think it's fitting that you've got DeMar DeRozan coming into town for the first of maybe two, maybe one, play-in games because happiness is relative to expectations. And I feel like, not just the play, but the vibes for this team were much different than what we got. We didn't expect to see Thad Young and Scotty getting into it in the layup line. Mm -hmm. We didn't expect to see Nick Nurse tired of answering many of our legitimate questions. We didn't expect to see us get blown out often. And why I say happiness is relative to expectations because Toronto Rosen's coming back into mm -hmm. town. And don't you just feel the sports gods have him going for 45 back <laughs> in this building in the playoffs when we were so upset that, well, you can't get past the best player of the generation? That's not good enough. And we've moved on and we've had champagne taste since because we got a championship. But now... Many Raptors fans would lust for a team that worked hard, that got better every year, and that won a round or two in the playoffs, that made Game 7s interesting, that made Game 1s not interesting. I think fans would love to get back to that because you're stuck in a purgatory with no real obvious avenues mm -hmm. for better success. That, that's, that, I think, is the key, right? And why we're going to see an off-season of change in Toronto unless some miraculous run takes place here. They get Milwaukee and they end up beating Milwaukee because, frankly, they match up pretty well against Milwaukee for some strange reason. But you look at what faces this team in the off-season, the Freddie Van Vliet, the Gary Trent Jr., and don't forget that when it's all said and done in a year, Pascal Siakam is up, and there are huge questions that remain. Is Nick Nurse going to stick around for a lame duck year? Are you, you can't run it back with this team. Like, there are obvious flaws, and if you re-signed everyone, you wouldn't be able to sign the shooting necessary to free up the guys that you think might be able to make a difference. Well, even if you wanted to run it back, it's not entirely up to you. We saw P.O., P.O., P.O. Right. That's not police officer. That's player option. <laughs> right. So, or parole officer. Right, yeah, that <laughs> too. So there's some choices to be made, including one for the head coach, who's not going to be back on a, a lame duck year scenario, So, which you can't. But even if you wanted to, some material changes have to be made. And we're going to talk to Rona Shelburne 
a little bit later about the play-in and people trying to play out. But well before the Mavericks were tanking to get out of the play-in, Masai Ujiri famously said, play-in for what? People have lots of options to do with what they want with their disposable time. Masai Ujiri is not sticking around to be an 8, 9, 10, 7 seed. It, for him, it's winning and winning big. And so what is the path to do that in the short and long term? It, so, it's it's so not, not the so Bulls on a Wednesday night. So you're not just throwing in Nick Nurse and whatever he does in the offseason or Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. You're throwing Masai Ujiri into that mix? Because to be honest with you, like he is the crafter of this lineup. Like he is, if you want to break down all the questions, and I wrote a few of them down, like what's Nick Nurse's future? Did you see enough growth in Scotty Barnes? Is Pascal good enough to carry a contending team? Was adding at the deadline a mistake? One of the other questions I have is, was this 6-9 experiment something that Masai Ujiri failed at? And that's like, you know, I know, Bobby Webster's the GM of this team, but that 6-9 long athletic idea was Masai Ujiri's dream. That's what he wanted, yep. and I don't know if it worked out. Well, in Silicon Valley, they tell you to fail fast. Right. And so, so yeah. I, 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 I throw Masai into that equation because in the East, there's a clear two, if not three, that are light years ahead, to steal uh, a phrase from uh, Bob uh, Myers and Joe Lacob, light years ahead in the pack. So I just don't know if Masai and Bobby and Teresa are going to be interested in going, well, let's sneak up to sixth. Let's slowly get to four and then three. Which is why the deadline was so mystifying. Correct. Unless you, and Jesse and I brought this up at the time, unless you think that getting Jakob Pertl was to tell Nick Nurse, here's your center to protect the rim, run your defense and tell us if this works. And the Boston Celtics just went 15 for 15 in the first half from two, right? Like, I, I don't know how they bounce back from things like that. I wonder if that deadline, if what you're saying is true, wasn't the final nail in the coffin of the few, whether it's a year or two years or whether it lasted even longer, of Nick Nurse in Toronto. Yeah, Here's it, your big man. Yes, yes. And if you can't make it work, and it's not just the big man coming in. It's some of those 6'9", switchable, interesting players who have real value not going out because there was a demand yeah. for them, yeah. and they didn't move. And so there's still value in testing the market, seeing what those pieces yeah. are worth, yep. right? That's yep. institutional knowledge. And so that's why not all failures are bad if you learn from them. Yeah. But that's what makes these one or two or more games interesting because I don't necessarily know how much, if any, impact they'll have on what happens over the next three, four months. That's the line. There, there's success hidden in every failure and failure hidden in every success. Did you make that up? Or? No, I wrote it down somewhere in one of those stupid books that <laughs> I have in my Freud? bag. Huh? Is that Freud? I, I have no idea. Meek Mill? Who's it's, that? I just stole it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I planted it here, and I just used it. There, uh, Much there, of my career is based so, on that. So for those who don't know, <laughs> Tim has uh, essentially New Testament of <laughs> content ideas, quotes, and he'll throw one out at you in, in various conversation. And then it's essentially like, is that Marx? Is that Aesop 
Rocky or is that Coach <laughs> K? I'm not sure. But I did learn something. Yeah, there is. It's, it's one of the three, usually. Yes, right. Yeah. It's either an athlete, someone in hip hop, or someone from history. We're going to bring in someone from basketball. Ooh. Ramona Shelburne is going to join us. We're going to go wide view on the NBA because there's some ish going on. Not only is DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls heading into Toronto, but what the hell's going on Ooh. with the Minnesota Timberwolves? What the hell's going on with the Los Angeles Clippers? <laughs> we will examine it all next with Ramona Shelburne here on the penultimate in France. Give me a T. Give me an I. <laughs> Give me an F. To a very fine-looking man with a great haircut in Calgary, it's Ryan Leslie. I thought I would go. Oh, nice. I like it. Pay the ultimate respect to look <laughs> like exactly it. like you. Enjoy the Raptors tonight. <laughs> look at Smitty. We don't condone it, but it looks like we're seeing a little dunk driving right now. <laughs> you, oh, you get it? You get it? Thank you, Justin. Have fun at the wedding. See you later. We're, we're I have Deanne Bebo here with me. What? Are in. you kidding me? Hello. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no way. Hey, hi, everyone. I've been linked as Scarborough Mans from Time Fam. From Time. Let me help you out and teach you some of my favorite Scarb slang. Say it with me. Waste you. Waste you. Why the hell is Faisal Kamisa over your left shoulder? <laughs> Can you stop that man? Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> hey, John. Appreciate you, buddy. We love you, Basil. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I'm gonna miss those folks. Donovan Bennett in studio. Jesse Rubinoff always in studio. Too funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm always fun talking uh, talking basketball, maybe even softball, with my next guest, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, who joins us on the move to talk about the yeah. sevens and eights on the eve of the seven. Are we calling them that, Ramona, the sevens and eights, or do we get awkward like the NCAA tournament and try and call them the first round when everyone knows it's not you the know first what? round? It is the first round, though. Like, people competed for these. Like, they were real playoff spots. And I think that's... The Dallas that's, Mavericks did Ramona. Yeah, not everybody competed <laughs> not for them. Yeah, they, they, yeah. It was a play out for some they teams. They took a dive at the end there. <laughs> that was, but you know what, though? Like, it means something to be in the play. And I, now, I definitely think it means something to be the 7 or 8. Being the 9 or the 10 is a little rougher. Like, you're not... you got to win two games, and they're, maybe one is on the road. But, but those that's a much harder road to go. Um, Timberwolves and Lakers are both, they should be in the playoffs, right? You think about it like in previous years, those would be the two teams that are in. The right. seven and eight are usually who gets in. And so they're the teams who are at risk of losing a spot that they previously would have had. All right, let's start in the town that you are uh, pulled your car yeah. over in, and that is uh, your hometown of Los LA. Angeles or the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, yeah. T-Wolves and Lakers, normally like 99.9% .9 of the time, the lead is the Lakers. Not today, Botch. What, what the hell is going on with Woo! the Timberwolves? You know, I mean, like, Richard Jefferson said this on the show today when we were talking, like, pressure first pipes. And I, yeah, that's the only other explanation I can get for this because – I've never seen a team implode like that in one day, like all at once. I mean, to, to not have Rudy Gobert, who was, by the way, going to guard Anthony Davis, and to not have Jaden McDaniels, who was probably going to guard LeBron James. Like, 
they just worked so hard to get back into this thing. They just half the team was sick for a couple of weeks. Like they really, they just got Carl Towns back, and then to, to have an incident with Gobert punching Kyle Anderson. And is it a punch? Is it a shove? Is it you know a push to the chest? You know, like they have, there, there's. We could, you know, hockey guys are like, that's nothing, right? Okay. <laughs> you guys in Canada. They, now, this is a real punch. The, the McDaniels yeah. one is a real punch. And it's really unfortunate for him because he is a great defender and he's going to be out the rest of the playoffs. But, um, you know, the Lakers really caught a break here because the, the team they're about to play just lost two of its best defenders. <laughs> How much is this about what was or wasn't said, uh, which has been reported, which I don't know. To me, it didn't seem that bad in yeah. my competition. I'm sure, you know, playing softball and fast pitch, you've said worse when someone missed the, the cutoff person. And, and how much was this just about, like, people at this point don't really <laughs> love playing with Rudy Gobert? Okay. I, I'm, a, a different, I'm on the other side of this one. Like, there's a point when you say something to somebody, like, you got to get the rebound or come on now, where you let it go. I mean, look at Kyle Anderson. He just is, like, not letting it go. And from what we've all heard about what the context of this was, like Rudy Gobert is playing with a back injury. And then the part to me that is really troubling is the fact that audio of Kyle Anderson talking to Rudy Gobert in the locker room leaked online. Mm. Like that is such a violation of trust. Can you imagine being in that locker room feeling like, A, who's recording me? B, who thinks it's a good idea to leak that online to some random Twitter account? Like, that is, I'm looking over my shoulder at everything. You can't say anything in that locker room now. That's really troubling. Don't and so that that was, um, you know, I, I think Kyle Anderson should have just shut up. Like, say you can say one thing. People say things in the heat of battle, but like enough already. You know, like he kept it up. And I think you know you see you see Woj's just tweet here. Woj's just tweet. I, is I didn't amazing. know if we we're allowed to say that. On, <laughs> on, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were allowed to say that on TV. Um, but uh, you can't use the B word. You yeah. just can't to a grown man. And especially at the end of a long, a long tirade. Like this wasn't just something he said right then. It was clearly something he talked about in the locker room. You could hear there were other issues at play when, with, with that leaked audio. Well, Ramona, it's funny because we started the season with a leaked video of a player punching a teammate. Yeah. Uh, and now we've come somewhat full circle. I can't yeah. wait for Andy Cohen to host the reunion of the Western <laughs> Conference because it's just reality TV drama all year. So good. And, and we haven't even talked about the Clippers yet. Oh, I know. Given everything that's gone on in this conference, who, if anyone, do you like coming out of the West? I think I like Phoenix. I like Phoenix and the Warriors. Um but Phoenix to me, just like they're so freaking good. Like Kevin Durant's so good. Devin Booker's so good. I just, you know, it's, they're they're gonna be a tough out for anybody if those guys are healthy. Um, it's it's interesting the Clippers end up with that one because I actually think they match up pretty well with Phoenix if they had Paul George, but they don't have Paul George. Um, uh, you know, I think the top two seeds are are vulnerable in in any any series they play. Um, and, and so I, what I, what I like is the East, right? I like Milwaukee and Boston. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Denver, I like, they just haven't played well lately. So it's, it's, it's hard to get, you know, to feel confident in the nuggets right now, just because they've, they scuffled towards the end, but how much of that is just, you know, they've had first place, right. They've had it wrapped up for so long that it doesn't matter. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I just, I don't know. As somebody who lives in this world of, you know, every time I go to lunch with somebody, I'm I'm looking over my shoulder, making sure no one's recording me. 
every time I, you know, I'm on the phone, I'm making sure that nobody can hear me. I, I'm, I'm careful in what I text message now. Just hate that we've gotten to this place oh now where, God, yeah. like, a locker room conversation between teammates is getting leaked. Like, as much as I want to know, you know, we're all in the business of wanting to know what's said and, and what people feel. I still don't. I, I still I feel like that's a huge invasion of privacy and trust. Oh, it feels like it's rattling through the NBA, too. Like, yeah. other people know, hold on a second, if that's there, yeah. if they're recording in a locker room, who else is recording Ooh. in a locker room? And that is just, like, betrayal of trust to the highest. We're going to run out of time here, so I just got to like, yeah. what have the Lakers figured out and is what they've figured out good enough to get them anywhere? Well, I think they figured out Anthony Davis needs to be their best player if they're going to win anything. Um, LeBron's been amazing when he has to be, but like if they're going to do anything this year, mm-hmm. they've got to get that AD that goes for 39 and 20. You know, like, and a lot of teams, what teams are going to do is they're going to double Anthony Davis because he's that good. And, you know, that's what, that's what Minnesota, why Minnesota was a good matchup is because they wouldn't have had to do that. They have Rudy Gobert. Right. But now they're going to have to double him and everybody else is going to have to double him. And so then it comes down to, can the rest of the guys make shots? Well, before the trades, they didn't have anybody who would make shots. Now they have four or five guys who can make shots, and that that really matters. Um, So, you know, if Anthony Davis can figure out how to get out of those double teams, if the rest of the guys can make shots to where they have to keep them honest, um, I think they're a really dangerous team. You know. By the way, I heard I heard you guys are wrapping up here. You're you're, you're doing something different after this. Yeah, this is the, this the last one of these bad boys. We do one tomorrow at the Rogers oh. Center for the Jays home opener, and then we watch some basketball tomorrow night, and we're kind of done. Man, I think yeah. you're terrific. Congratulations on a great run. I always say yes to your show because you do a good job, and and I and I say no to a lot of people, but I <laughs> but I always say yes to people who do a good job and they know what they're talking about. So. Good job. Good congratulations on the great run. I, I really appreciate that. And we know that you wanted to come on because you pulled over the car to talk to us, which is the <laughs> highest of all compliments. I know, and, right? And I just said to Donovan, oh crap, I left out the Dallas Mavericks, so I didn't do that good of a job. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. We'll It'll get be to dramatic that. Next year too, don't yeah. worry. We'll have we'll have a whole <laughs> off season to talk about that one. Ramona, always yep. appreciate when you jump on Thanks, with us. Uh, you've been a friend all along and we appreciate it. You got it, bud. There is uh, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Shout out to Momo. She's awesome. All right. Uh, so are you, my dude. Oh. Thank you very much. for. We didn't even read from the books. I brought all the books. Oh, yeah. yeah. We didn't read out from the books. But thank you very much for doing all this and being a friend the whole time. So I shouldn't have leaked what was written in the books? <laughs> <laughs>
after Winnipeg beat the Predators and Calgary lost the Canucks in a shootout on Saturday. The Jets have a one-point lead over the Flames and need three points in the last three games to clinch the final wild-card spot in the Western Conference. We know what we need to get in, uh, so that's so. It's up to us now to keep that eighth spot. Uh, we're not going to get ninth now, obviously, but it's up to us to fight hard and keep that eighth spot. We've got three games, and we know what we need to get there. And so does Calgary, so does Nashville. We all know where we are, and but don't be afraid of that, right? Embrace it. Now, the two teams chasing the Jets face each other in Calgary tonight as the Flames host the Predators. You can see it on Sportsnet West, of course. Ontario and East, 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 local. Now, Winnipeg, gets a single point against the Sharks. Both Calgary and Nashville would be eliminated with a regulation loss in that big game is what I'm telling you. Feels like every game is the biggest game of the year. Uh, we've been saying that for the last, feels like 10 games, like you said, and uh, um, obviously it's a big one here tonight against a team that's been playing really well. In order for us to get the result that we want tonight, we got to make sure you know our, our preparation is there, and, and we bring our A game because it's going to be uh, it's going to be like a game seven here tonight. Meanwhile, the Toronto Maple Leafs are in Florida to take on the Panthers. Toronto signed top prospect Matthew Nyes yesterday after his Minnesota Golden Gophers were beaten in the NCAA title game. He is now in the lineup for its NHL debut tonight. That's a quick toner of a kids. Ilya Samsonov will make the start. Matt Murray unavailable again, meaning the Leafs will have another ATO backup tonight. The Panthers are currently first in the first wildcard position in the East and can clinch a playoff spot with a win and an Islanders regulation loss. The Capitals got it good and since you understood. Two more games on the network tonight. The Sens play their final home game of the season against the Canes. You can see that on Sportsnet East, 7 Eastern. And later tonight, the Canucks visit the Kings on Sportsnet Pacific. Time now for 3 of 32 with Elliot Friedman, brought to you by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. Freeze just wandered into the studio because I saw you tweeting about what the hell's going on oh. with the Toronto Maple Leafs and their goaltending situation. Can you get us up to speed? Well, this is why people like me are too stupid to cover the NHL because, like, we don't really understand this stuff and we have to get it explained to us. So basically what happened was the Maple Leafs have to use another trio goalie tonight. They can't call up Joseph Wall. And the shortest way to explain this is the league determined they were not an emergency situation. And the reason they're not an emergency situation is because they had cap space. Mm -hmm. They could have called up Joseph Wall, but they elected to sign Matthew Nyes. So when they signed Matthew Nyes, and I think, I think that... Do you no think Dubas knew this? Yes, absolutely. Like, he's got a guy in his staff who basically wrote the CBA. Right. In Britain. So I think they knew it, and I think they said, we have a choice. We could have the emergency goalie, or we could sign Matthew Nyes. And they were signing Matthew Nyes. And I don't believe this would have been an issue if Murray and Yarncroke hadn't gotten hurt and weren't eligible to go on LTI. Well, add then the video of Samsonov kind of sort of going down gingerly. Yeah. Like, are the Toronto Maple Leafs playing with fire? Because now they've signed Nick Chenard. That's an amateur tryout agreement tonight. Like, could they play one of these emergency goalies? Because if, if I you bet break, you they will tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, back yeah. to backs. So you can't put Samson off in that spot. I think, you know, it, it was funny. I was having this debate. Like someone said to me, could you imagine if the Leafs started Chenard tonight 
in a game where, like, could you imagine what Lou Lamorello oh and Ron Hextall yeah. and Brian, they would be marching on Scotiabank Arena with torches. Yeah. And uh, and I think there's I think there's probably something to that, but I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, and the game on Thursday, and we'll see how much of a factor that like tomorrow's locked in. I was just saying I was I, I was I was upstairs with uh, Ben and Blake. Mm-hmm. If they showed up with a kindergarten class tomorrow and put them on the ice, I don't think mm-hmm. anybody would have a problem with it. Right, but, but tonight tonight you you can't do it. You can't do it. So. Nick Chenard, who last played, I just I had the hockey DB like everybody else yeah. to figure out what he was. So last year he played with the Owen Sound attack. Ah, I should have called Wally. Should have called Wally. Played with the Owen Sound attack last year, mm. and he might get into an NHL game tomorrow. I I, I will see what the situation is tomorrow. Right. Like, but you know we'll we'll see. But I I would say tomorrow if if that was going to happen, I would say it would happen against the Lightning. One thing, one thing I'm kind of learning this 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 week and last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Let's just sort out tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> when we get I'll, there. I'll deal with hey, this now, hey, and too. we'll sort out tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Don't worry. Me too. I'm in a similar situation. All right. So let's move on to the Western Conference because yeah. that's going to be real interesting tonight. Obviously, it starts with the Jets and the Sharks. A game you can see on uh, Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Yeah. Um, the Jets control their destiny, but as I said to Jesse earlier today, if, if you think this is a fait accompli, like oh. you haven't watched any of these three teams play this year. You know, there are three times in the last week the Jets have absolutely kicked the crap out of the team they played against. They, they did it against yep. the Red Wings, they did it against the Devils, and I thought they were really good against the Predators on Saturday night. Yeah. But sandwiched around that, it was a bad loss to Calgary, and just before that they had a couple of really ugly games, including the one against these Sharks in, in San Jose. Like... Like if this was so easy, they'd be they'd be free and clear into the playoffs already. But I mean, um, you know, the one thing that it's really noticeable around them is that ever since that game in San Jose and his comments post game, which were not undeserved, Rick Bonus and the Jets have really tried to lighten this up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll like they control it. Three point three points in their last three games, and it doesn't matter what Calgary and Nashville do. They're they're in. All right, so if that game goes according to plan, then it'll be really interesting between... Actually, it's going to be really interesting between the Flames and Preds, regardless yeah. of what happens in that initial game, because it feels just like an elimination match. It does. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the team that loses it is, is basically out. But, I mean, look, I, like I said, it's all up to the Jets. Like, they control this. They, they take care of business. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. Okay, I'm going to go rapid fire over a couple okay. of topics here before I let you go. Let me think. Uh, the Bruins, 63, pasta yeah. to 60. Like, this has been a remarkable season, even if you don't believe in the regulation wins versus the yeah. added on wins. Like, you know, the, the best team I ever saw was the 1960-76-77 Montreal Canadiens, but that doesn't take away from anything that the Boston Bruins have done. To have this kind of a year is remarkable, and I think they're almost perfectly constructed and someone's going to have to have an incredible series to beat them in the playoffs. More impressed with Pasta's 60 or McDavid's 150? McDavid's 150. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Just incredible season. I was thinking back, like less than 10 years ago, Jamie Benn won a scoring title with, what, 87 points? Yeah. And now we're at 150. Like, Connor McDavid himself won a scoring title with 100 points. And now he's at 150. Like, I know we've kind of altered the game a little bit to allow for a little bit of more offense, but I feel like this is just ridiculous. Don't you also get the feeling like he could do much, much more? Yes. 
I, I said this a bunch of times, I don't want to repeat myself, but he's doing it every damn game, yeah. which to me makes him different than everybody else in the National Hockey League and makes the best of the best, like the elite, when they do it every damn game. Like there's no game where you go, I didn't really see blank. Like that's the difference between the elite and Connor McDavid. Here, here's my prediction on Connor McDavid. Ooh. 20 years after he retires, we're going to get a documentary on him where he's going to be like Michael Jordan sitting there with a glass of scotch and saying, and I took that personally. <laughs> yes. I think there's yes. a lot more of that to McDavid than we we recognize. Yeah, because of what you see in the public. But we've had a couple of nice interviews with him. All right, last no, one. It's good. It's a really good interview, but like, yeah. he, I think he's like that. I think he's wired to clobber people. <laughs> uh, so unprompted, Horvat takes a shot. At the uh, at the Vancouver Canucks now, guys, do we have the audio today from Bo Horvat or is that available? All right, so Bo Horvat kind of sort of walked it back yep. today. He, here's what Bo Horvat had to say after going unabashed and unprovoked at Vancouver over the weekend. It was kind of the heat in the moment thing, where you know, you know, I didn't mean any disrespect to the fans of Vancouver, or, um, you know, my teammates or. You know, the, fan, or the, the city of Vancouver at all. You know, it wasn't directed at them at all. It was just, um, you know, it was the fans were all excited, and, and I was excited to be in a playoff push. And, and um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where my emotions got the best of me, and I was just really happy to be there, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, it might have come out the wrong way um, to a lot of people, so I apologize for that. But, I mean, I'm just excited to be in this position right now, to be in a playoff push, to be, you know, right there. And, um you know, I, I, I really enjoyed my time in Vancouver. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect them at all. So I think, uh, you know, I'm sorry if it offended anybody, but um, you know, I'm really happy to be in this position right now. I'm really happy to be here, and, and I just wanted to express that. Good with that? Look, he can do what he wants. I don't think he needed to apologize at all. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. If someone said that stuff about me, and I've seen some pretty terrible stuff said about me, <laughs> too, yeah. it just yeah. it wouldn't bother me. Right. It, it just wouldn't, like... Yeah, just someone's opinion. Right. Yeah. And in the heat of the moment, that's the one thing that I do understand. He, no, also, he didn't think that was going anywhere. He <laughs> yeah. thought that was going to just air on the uh, right. uh, in the arena. In the arena. I no. no idea. Come on, that you was... would have to know better than that. He just forgot. He uh, just yeah. forgot. Didn't think about it. Right. But you know, come on. Like, is it really that bad? We'll let the folks from Vancouver be the judge of that, but usually they say yes. <laughs> you got me on that one. Uh, I appreciate you dropping by, buddy. Thanks for having me. Uh, Elliot Friedman, everybody. All right, so we are coming to the end of another show, and this happens to be the final Tim and Friends in this studio. Tomorrow, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, we'll be at the Rogers Center for the home opener for the Toronto Blue Jays, which will also be our final show. Now, it was Draymond Green who once tore apart Paul Pierce in his final season by saying... They don't love you like that. You thought you was Kobe. It was among the single greatest pieces of trash talk I have ever heard. And a warning to anyone saying a goodbye. Never, ever overestimate your importance. We will not make that mistake tomorrow. It'll be all about the Toronto Blue Jays, all about the home opener. So today, in our final one in this amazing studio that started to feel like cheers and I, Norm, Google it, I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks to the friends of the show. Too numerous to name. Thanks to a wonderful co-pilot, too handsome to name, <coughs> Jesse. Thanks to an incredible crew, 
Too numerous to name, though the OGs know who they are, and a pair of producers who over the last two years did so much to make sure that this thing kept on trucking after Sid left and Jay Sands and Thomas Dobby. I am so remarkably proud that because of those producers, that crew, that co-pilot, those friends, and you, the real friends of the show, over the last two years, we were able to grow the audience, grow the ratings, and have digital numbers that exploded. There is no doubt we achieved what we set out to do at a very difficult time in the business. And I say all that as a tip of the cap to all of you. Anyone who knows me knows how much my family means to me, and I wouldn't have achieved any of my dreams without them, but I have achieved those dreams, and they know it. So I won't say anything to them, to them or I'll end up being like, Gretzky's in his Edmonton goodbye, and I'll just start crying, and you don't want to see that. A man much smarter than me once said, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. There is a new beginning in all this, and I hope you'll join us for it. Monday to Friday, like Lionel Richie, Google him too. We'll go all night long. Wherever you live, this smiling face will greet you in the morning, getting you all your highlights and stories that you need in 30 minutes. That's right, 24 hours and 30 minutes every morning. As the world has evolved, much of my team and I have been asked to innovate every step of the way. This media world, that is. And I think we've come up with a couple of different things that have worked from a podcast to a radio show to a TV show and all points in between. And now I go back to where I started, the highlights. To quote Aubrey Graham, I may regret the way we ended, but I will never regret what we had. It's not about me, never has been. It's about you. It's about the crew around here and a massive thank you. Listen, Jim Nance tried to teeth the line, but thank you for being a friend. Traveled down the road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal, and wait a second, we're not doing the Golden Girls thing, are we? What thank you for being a friend. Friend, happy Easter to you and your family and everyone else that are watching. Hey, excellent work. Four. What? Two. Five. Three. What do you mean? What? Do you, what? Four. Seven. What? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> the fire alarm has just started here at the Rogers <laughs> building in downtown Toronto. You look ridiculous. I'm getting some looks. That's okay, though. What's your big deal? Where's your tagline? My tagline? Your tagline. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought he knew what he was famous for. See you later. I'm out of here. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, well, you would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being Speak like uh, your mind, or is he right there and he's gonna hear everything that you say? Scotty! How y'all doing? You know the vibes. Scotty Barnes. 
Look at me. Come close. Hey, don't leave my guy Tim back home no more. Super Bowl Sunday. All right, he needs to come out and kick it with me. I love you, man. Chris Rock is my guy guy. Am I your guy guy? One of my guy guys. What's going on, Arash? How are you, man? Am I a guy guy now? Do I get that status? <laughs> oh, look at Jesse. Am my guy guy? Oh, Jesse, baby. Uh, you're my guy guy, too. you expect from the texture? What does it taste like? I thought it was, I expected a girth. <laughs> My dude, Sean, have you ever placed a bet you have never wanted to go through? for the kiss. I don't even know if I asked. That was so well done. Yeah, very well done. I'm Parco, Matt Morgan, entire crew putting that together for us. I got nothing to say. Uh, we'll take a break and then we'll let people have their say. How about there that? There you go. It's perfect. All right, we'll do that next. Uh, the penultimate version of Tim and Friends. Penultimate. Uh, honestly, thank you for being a friend. We have a show tomorrow where we're just going to do the Jays at the home opener, so this is kind of the last show. Maybe we should stop saying penultimate. <laughs> also sounds kind of douchey. A little bit, yeah. Elitist. <laughs> We're going to be self-indulgent on this last segment of our show in this legendary <laughs> studio, but I'm not the only one. Our Monday tip of the cap goes to a pair of legends and moreover a pair of great teammates. First, John Garrett, who on Saturday worked his final Canucks home game as the analyst for the franchise he played for. It was already an amazing tip of the cap. From the standing ovations to the signs littered throughout the Rogers Arena, Cheech always brought the right amount of analysis and fun to almost every broadcast and was one of the best damn teammates in the business. And even though we have differing views on ketchup, Cheech, I hope you'll enjoy the hell out of all the ketchup and the flowers you'll be receiving on the way to putting your feet up. All the best, Cheech. And the same goes to Mark Askin, one of the greatest producers the game of hockey has ever had. The Leafs honored him this final weekend as we see Cheech here. There's our guy, Mark Askin. Leafs honored him this weekend for his final game. A man with an encyclopedia-like memory for the game and those who played it. He spent 36 years in the chair bringing you his view of this great game and did it for almost 4,000 NHL games. A smidge more work than the two years of Tim and Friends. Just like Cheech, a hell of a teammate and all that experience. And he still was kind enough to talk to our team when we started this little shindig together a few years back to marco and cheech a tip of the cap from timmy and the crew on a couple of amazing careers 
give them a little bit of that. It looks like uh, we're getting some feedback after the thank you for being a friend. It's one thing to watch the memories and hear you say what you said, yeah. and it's an entirely different thing when yeah. this comes flooding in like this, because it's hard not to get emotional. Yeah. But uh, why don't we read some of the, the feedback for one final time. Uh, Nick says, Tim, I will truly miss the 5 o'clock get-togethers daily. I've been a fan since day one and almost feel like I'm breaking up with a long-time girlfriend. So, Tim, it's been a pleasure. Julian Merriweather. Uh, I like the rhyme at the end. Very Thank you, good. Nick. Robert says, thank you for providing great insights and great entertainment all this time. You provided pl plenty of laughs and lighter moments in a world that really needed it. Yeah, without a doubt. It's been a tough couple of years. Not ready for the end of the show. Saying thank you seems inadequate. As an essential worker during the pandemic, the show was a godsend and helped me de-stress after work. You were an integral part of my after work routine for years. Yeah, I got a lot of those. Those are the ones that make me yeah, emotional tough. for sure. Uh, Luke says, thank you so much, Tim and Jesse and everyone, Tim and friends, for your great sports talk show. I really enjoyed watching your show and I will certainly miss watching it. Uh, Blaine writes in and says, I don't even like a lot of things. But I truly love this show, <laughs> tearing up. FFS, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, no, I can't uh, say that. Yeah. Uh, Ross writes in and says, now what are we supposed to do? <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> uh, you can watch this later. Adrian writes in and says, I've been here from the start, and I will be there till the very end. Thank you for giving me a reason to run home at 5 p.m., like when I'd run home after school to watch Gia. Oh, that is the ultimate yeah. compliment right there. Just like Gia and Joe. I love it. I will take it. I didn't even really like this one. Super Dave Osborne says, great job, team. Way to make this Western boy feel included in the show. Nice, yeah. Stay I worked well. really hard at yeah. trying to do that for no sure. Doubt. So I appreciate that, Dave. Uh, John says, good luck, Tim and the gang. Been a fan Super of your Dave? work since the, the score days. Looking forward to your next version. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, Justin writes in and says, going to miss you guys. Only a send-off from the at Iron Sheik would make this perfect. <laughs> well, ask him. Maybe you shall receive, Justin. Maybe you shall receive. Marky says, dust in my eye. Thank you for all the late afternoon chats and antics over the years. Never a goodbye. Just to see you later. Uh, Vicky says, really going to miss the edutainment that Tim and Jesse gave us. Viewers, uh, Jill, why does the Golden Girls Tim and Friends bit have me so emotional? <laughs> I don't know, Joe. I do not know. Deb writes in and says, you might not be crying, but I am. I'm really sad about this. And our friend uh, Jimmy. Uh, with the pretty, pretty good. <laughs> so I enjoy that one. Love you, buddy. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We're done with our flowers. All yeah. but the Jays. Yeah, I think we'll turn to the Jays. Sure. But we'll, we'll have a, a final goodbye as well. But I appreciate you, uh, you taking this journey with me. I think appreciate we said you. this when we, when we made the announcement. You are my dude. Pleasure and a privilege. My guy guy. You're my guy guy. <laughs> Jesse Rubin. <laughs> All right. This might be... Uh, the end of us in this amazing studio. But remember, one more show tomorrow, and it's a big one. Tim and friends, for one final time from the Blue Jays' home opener. Again, note the start time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, as we bring you two hours of edutainment from field level and introduce you to the new-look Rogers Center. All will get you set for the Tigers and Blue Jays live on Sportsnet. That's tomorrow. Tonight, the best reality TV on the planet. An amazing race to the NHL wild cards, front and center on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Three games start in a half an hour, including the Leafs, Sens, and Jets before the night concludes with Calgary, or in Calgary, the Preds and the Flames across the country on Sportsnet One. David Amber and his entire crew got you covered as always. As for us, from one final time from this wonderful studio, I'm Tim McAuliffe. 
That's Jesse Rubinoff saying enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you.